I'm Daniel, the Past Life Regressionist, and it's time to begin. This is Timeless Spirituality. Hey everyone, welcome back to Timeless Spirituality. It is eclipse, well, it's the end of eclipse season, I guess, and it is also Mercury Retrograde. And that has absolutely nothing to do with today's episode, so that's taken care of. Today's a really cool one. It's it's different. It's different than what we've talked about before. It's got a poetic flavor to it. That was a bad dad joke. It'll make sense later. But yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this one. And if you enjoy the podcast, please go ahead and like and subscribe. And if you feel like it, go ahead and leave a review. Much appreciated. And if you would like to book a regression with me to discover who, when, and where you have been throughout time, you can reach me on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist or my website, thepastliferegressionist.com. And now, it's time to begin. Lauren, thank you so much for being here. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you. You too. For everyone listening, we can see each other through Zoom. So that's, I don't know, I'm a, <laughs> yes. this is where my dork side always comes out is in the intro. I never know what to say. <laughs> it's hard. It's a, it's a play on human psychology in the intro. Yeah. Like I don't want to yeah. be too cliche with catchphrases and everything. I, mean, I already just started with, and now it's time to begin. What I think would, that's the closest I'm going to get to. What would be your best cliche start phrase, do you think? I don't know, my mind is going to some pretty egotistical places. So let's just continue. <laughs> First question, what is your favorite song that has to do with time and why? Favorite song that has to do with time. Um, truly, this is a very difficult question because my gut reaction is to just pick like a classical song that transcends, transcends time. But I'd have to say, uh, as of right now, if I was going to go with, uh, something more current it would be in a week by hoser i think that's how you say the name but yeah it's a nice play on mortality which which i enjoy and the passing of time so who's lauren that's that's the big question pretty loaded yeah right yeah it is um <laughs> let's see uh lauren is a girl living in southern california i'll get out of the third person for you but yeah i am a writer and author um, of a poetry book called Ghosts and Their Flowers, which I know that you know about and working on a novel right now. And yeah, other than that, I am an ultra runner, constantly running too many miles. I think I run more than I drive each week. And yeah, that's that's me in a nutshell right now. Awesome. Yeah. So my first question with regards to your past life regression, mm -hmm. why is it that you wanted to have a past life regression? So I guess it's twofold. I've been obsessed with the concept of past lives for as long as I can remember. I mean, dating back to high school years, I was constantly thinking about lifetimes and who I was and reading books about trying to access past lives through dreams. And later on in life, I um, had this idea about this book that I wanted to write and it was influenced by a person that I'd met in this present day. And in order to write this book, I wanted to get some insight about what my, um, past life was with this particular person. 
um, which ultimately led me down a very different rabbit hole than the one I had expected. But yeah, in short, that that is why. And when I got that initial email from you, I was so excited when you told me <laughs> that you were a writer. I was like, oh, oh, oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> yeah, I, re I remember that. And it was so nice to talk to you because it's not something that I talk to people about so much. So just to get that validation and somebody who obviously does this for a living and is so into it, it was, it was really nice. And I thought your story was so cool. Yeah, it was a cool story. Well, it's a cool story. Still working through it. <laughs> I can't wait to see it come to fruition. Yeah, me too. So what came up for you during the past life regression? Well, it was really interesting uh, because as, as you know, and as I just said, I was primarily going in there with the hope of navigating to this past lifetime with, um, with this person from this life and gaining more insight on that. But it ended up being that I had opened up into this lifetime that it was almost like I couldn't imagine myself living, you know, it was so far from what I had expected it to be. I don't know if you want me to go into detail about, about all of that, but um, yeah, essentially. So I, I just, you know, you obviously took me through the beginning portion of it, which I thought was so neat and really helped just get the visual by staying in the present day. And as you feel yourself travel back, you know, through time in this regression and, and you say, look down at your feet. I remember just feeling shocked and, yet also so familiar with the hands and the feet that I was looking at and, you know, feeling this wet, cold grass and, you know, feeling the dark and your, your questions that were kind of prompting and moving this forward. And it's so interesting because you're in this moment of like disillusionment of, is this real? Am I dreaming? Did I really live, live this? Is this somewhere that lived in my imagination? You know, but, you know, continuing forward with, with your probing questions and, and your directions, it became very clear that it was something I had lived. And I think just being so overcome with emotion through that first lifetime. And then the other ones we worked through was, it was really interesting and, and really amazing. And uh, I can't wait to keep coming back for more of them. Are you comfortable going into detail for the first one? Cause yeah, if I remember it correctly, it was a little intense. It, it was, it was really intense. And I was kind of, I mean, I was obviously very shocked by it, but yeah. So the first one opened up, it felt like I was in, in Europe and like Switzerland in these hills. And it was very dark, it was cold. I could feel that it was early morning hours. And I saw that I was in a male body, an older male body. I could see that it, there was some sort of like a farmhouse that I had lived in. And I remember you um, asking me what I was feeling at the time. And I was like, I'm, I'm nervous, you know? And you're just like, what are you holding? And I was like a lantern, you know, as, as we worked through it a little bit more, we came to find out that uh, there were these people that were coming for me and they were coming for money that I had owed them. And instead of moving forward and doing anything to stop it, I was hiding in the bushes with a lantern. Now the selfish part of this and, and the part that I really had to grapple with is I had, you know, my wife was in the house and I knew she was in the house and there had been threats about, you know, them hurting her. And I was just frozen you know, I was frozen sitting there in these bushes with this lantern, watching them come in and ransack this house. And I knew that they had killed her and I knew that I was responsible. And at this point you stopped me and you said, do you want to go in the house? And I was like, yeah, I want to go in the house. <laughs> I need to see what's going on. But, you know, you were very gentle in the way that you handled that with me. And I'll preface this for anyone listening who hasn't been through this, that while this could sound very overwhelming and scary, I didn't feel overwhelmed or scared at all. I just felt very curious. You know, I was here, here to get understanding and that's really what I was looking for. But I walked in to see, you know, a house ransacked and, you know, my wife was dead at the time. And 
I saw a gun by the bed and I remember you saying, why didn't you grab the gun to begin with? And I was like, I don't know. Like I, I didn't think about it. You know, I was, I was a coward and it was, I mean, very evident just by my actions in this regression that that had been a, you know, cowardly lifetime of mine, a selfish life. And, you know, she died and I knew it was my fault and I killed myself. And it was, it was so interesting. And the part of this that was so interesting to me were the tears that were coming from my eyes. Cause you know, I'm obviously I'm Lauren in this lifetime and I'm living in this body and I'm sitting here crying and letting go of guilt that I've been holding on for, you know, who knows how many lifetimes. And I think probably the most powerful thing that happened in that was you saying, you know, like, what do you want to say to yourself, to this old, this old version of you, you know, and it's, you know, I forgive you. And in that moment, you feel that weight lift from you. And I thought that, that was a really beautiful thing. But to be honest, I think back to that first part of our, this regression quite often, because it's, um, it's so hard for me in some ways, you know, obviously I'm living now I'm in the present. I've learned lessons from that lifetime. I'm not that same person, but I think that I carry a piece of that person, you know, with me. And it's like, how, how could a part of me ever been, you know, such a, such a coward or so scared to let that happen. And it's interesting. I feel like I've been doing shadow work on that part of <laughs> myself too, as I've been working through my own self in this lifetime. It's okay. We've all been cowards at one time or another. Yeah, totally. You're off the hook for that one. <laughs> Thanks. I appreciate it. Two things. First, I remember that you knew one of the perpetrators. Although if you're yeah. uncomfortable, I totally understand if you don't want to share who that is and we can just leave it there. No, not uncomfortable at all. It's actually, so I have, I have two brothers in this lifetime. One that's my biological brother that I'm very close with and one that's a half sibling. So same mother, different father. And he had been the person that was in the wagon, you know, leading this, this kind of, uh, <laughs> this craze and this, whatever you want to call the, the ransacking and the murder, you know, he was in charge of it and he wanted my money. And yeah, I, I could totally feel that it was him. And I know that came up towards the later part of our regression when you were saying like, who do you, who do you recognize? And I think it's interesting because he and I in this lifetime don't have a great, wonderful relationship at all. And uh, like from the moment he was born, I always feared something in him. And I think that that part of it is really interesting. Well, man, it's something to do with you know, right. that whole thing. But, <laughs> it might, but no. So at the same time, and the part that's really interesting is, so there's that part where energetically I felt really nervous and unsure of who he was, but it's interesting because the lesson I feel like I learned from him in this lifetime is kind of just to, to grab life a little bit more and seize the day and not be so scared. So like, I mean, just an example, as I told you at the beginning that I'm an ultra runner. So ultra running, you can do it on the road, but most people do it on the trails and in the mountains, which for me is, can be, it can be very scary. I mean, male, female, just going through the mountains, it's, it can be terrifying. And, you know, it's something he always goes and he does so easily. And in a lot of ways, watching him just like pack up his bag and go and do that inspired me to just get out there and be better and do it on my own. So I mean, through his example, I think it's helped me become a little bit better and a little bit less afraid. So it's interesting to that person who caused so much fear, you know, also help dissuade me from fear in this life. So I always thought that was an interesting parallel. I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Second thing. You said this was in Switzerland, right? It felt like Switzerland. Where are you going this summer? <laughs> At the same place. Isn't that scary? <laughs> and, and literally right on the base of the mountains. So, Yeah. Just saying. I know we're uh, we're staying in 
Cormier, Italy. So just for the listeners who don't know, I'm uh, running a race in August called CCC, where we it's 62 miles through um, through the Alps, where you start in Italy and then you go through Switzerland. And I'll be on the old stomping grounds, I guess. <laughs> yeah, really <laughs> I'll, I'll think of you when I'm in Switzerland. Yeah. Well, it's it's a nice connotation there, right? It's associating yeah. me with the brutal murder of your past life wife, or the man who led me through it. Oh, okay. Well, I'm all right with that yeah. one. See, why Come is it on. that my mind goes to that place of, oh, I'm associated with, instead of the pride of, it's, yeah. Okay. Well, that's something I need yeah. to evaluate for myself. That's okay. It's, it's human nature. You know, we can't help it sometimes. Thank you for holding up that mirror for me. You're so welcome. <laughs> I appreciate it. I needed that one. Of course. So what came up for you in the next life? Um, in the next life, and it was, it's actually really funny because I'm blanking a little bit on what that next life was, but I believe this was the one where I had that encounter with a person from this life. Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Okay. And so I guess, I don't know if it'd be appropriate to give a quick background, but just in this lifetime, I, um, I met a girl in college who I fell head over heels in love with, and we had all these crazy parallels and ultimately meeting this person set me on this 180 track that changed, you know, the whole trajectory of, of my life. And it was so such a powerful experience for me that I wanted to learn more about it. And I, prior to coming to you for a past life regression, had gone to a reader who had told me that this girl and I had, you know, died very tragically together in a past life at the hands of my stepfather in this life. And so this blew my mind away. And, and what had always really stuck out to me is she said that we had been stabbed when, it, when we were in bed together. And I'm under the the belief that our birthmarks are representative of, you know, the way that we died in a past life. And if you look at my back, I have a birthmark in the shape of something that like could have pierced through a back. So this, I freaked out. Um, (laughs) and I wanted to know more and that's where I came to you and we went deeper. And so in this life, I remember walking up to this house again, like a farm country, which I don't feel like is too surprising because I always feel a big pull towards towards farms and lands, meadows and mountains. And I walked up to this house and, you know, she was there alone and it was, it felt very rushed and hurried and, you know, very intense. You know, we were really romantically involved in that moment. And then I remember being really nervous and I remember you guiding me through this, you know, it was that her, her husband was coming home. And I think we knew that he had seen us and we were kind of freaking out. Like we saw his face in the window and it, it became this total game of fear to where we didn't know what he was going to do. And in that lifetime, both she and I had husbands that were very oppressive and abusive. And um, we didn't know which, if he was going to go to, to my husband at the time or what he was going to do. And it felt very frantic and scared. And I know that there was a passing of time between us where we decided we needed to stay separate because we were fearing for our safety. And it's interesting because I'm explaining this to you and recounting it, but the emotions that were felt were really just so, so powerful and also so, so familiar, but also to me, such an explanation for the intensity of the relationship in this lifetime. But yeah, um, when push came to shove, I remember she came and she had, she had knocked on the door of, um, I think it was the home where I had lived and it was like some sort of a setup and both of our husbands had been in on it together. And I remember they killed her and they let me watch and then they killed me. And um, it was really interesting. And the part of this that I grapple with is I've had this regression with you and I obviously had that session with the reader. And then in the time that you and I, since you and I have met, I had um, 
I'd gone to another woman who read through past lives because I wanted to get more information about all my lifetimes with this person. And her version of the story was even slightly different. And so it's interesting because I just think about all these different timelines and perhaps every single different version of the story that I'm seeing is just a different version of the different of the story on a different timeline. And every single one of them is true, but it yeah, could even be different lives. It, it totally could. So still kind of working through that. Um, yeah, it was, it was really, really neat to get to see that. And I feel lucky that it did come up during recession because as you know, you know, you don't always get to choose what you see. You know, whenever anyone comes to me beforehand and says, oh, I, I've been told that I have this life or that life by, you know, this person or that person, I always get a little nervous mm -hmm. yeah. because I don't want to say I question the validity of the content that then gets brought up during the session, mm -hmm. but there's a part of me that, that does wonder if it's being projected. Cause I, I do believe that there are genuine mm -hmm. past life readers out there, out there. Yeah. I, I totally believe in that. So when you had an experience that didn't line up with that, mm -hmm. I'm like, okay, well, now we're talking. Right. Because yeah. if you found yourself in bed with this person, mm -hmm. then I may be like, Ugh, I'll fit in the narrative awfully conveniently. Right. But it didn't. So yeah. I'm more inclined to believe it because yeah. it, it didn't match. Now, that still, that doesn't mean that I wouldn't believe it mm -hmm. had you seen it play out that exam or exact same way. But I'd, I'd be a little more skeptical. I'm glad to hear you say that because I think about that all the time. And that for me was like the biggest part of, is this a projection? And this is the part I guess I hadn't told you. I don't know if I told you about that, but that house that I was walking into is a house I see in my dreams constantly, like very vividly. And it's like, why? Like, it's interesting that it's appearing here again. But, yeah. Wait, is this the one where you were also... You worked, you were a writer in this one as well, right? If I remember correctly. I was a writer for, I was a writer in this one. Yeah. And I'd been writing for, I'd been writing, I was a ghost writer, which is something I, you know, did quite frequently, frequently in this life, but I was ghost writing for, I can't remember now if it was my husband or um, just another man in the town, but it was a big part of one of the reasons I think why they wanted to keep me alive was they needed, they needed me because his ego depended on the completion of my work. Mm -hmm. So, but then they they still killed you, right? They still killed me. Yeah, they did away with me eventually. Yeah, I for some reason I felt like it was the way you described it, or maybe just the way I was seeing it, that it was like a circular area. Like it felt mm -hmm. not not like a barn necessarily, but like it had a barn type door in the back, or just a big wooden door. It felt very stoneish to me. It was very stone and very wooden. And mm -hmm. a very circular room. And I like, I can see like stairs that were coming down, you know, the mm -hmm. side of it, but it also felt like a trap door, like somewhere where like food would come through, you know? And so, yeah, it was, it was interesting. And I, like, I wish I could go back into a regression and go to that exact moment and like really sit there. And I'm sure that's something that we could do. Yeah, I may know some, someone who can help you with yeah, that. Yeah, I know. I think, I think I might too. And, um, it's so funny because I think about this all the time and I'm always like, I need to just ask him and go back into this because I spent so much time in my mind thinking about it. Yeah, well, just, I have some referrals for you, so just let me Thanks. know. I'll look, <laughs> look forward to that. Thank you. <laughs> were there any other lives? Or were there these, I think those. There was one more. One more? Um, and then like a mini life after that. But this other one was interesting. I was, it was, uh, you had me like down at my feet and I saw I was in these sandals and I was a man again. 
And, um, it looked like I was, you know, a warrior in Greece and I was walking up the steps and being awarded some medal. And, you know, I remember the crowd in the town was just clapping for me, applauding. And I remember walking down this walkway and everyone's applauding and I'm jumping into this little cart and I see who was my mom at the time in that life. And, you know, she's sobbing and she's the only person standing out sobbing in, in this crowd. And this one is, I mean, really interesting, but you know, the day it, it felt like while everyone was so happy that I was this decorated war hero, she couldn't grapple with me having killed so many people. And it was something that she didn't, you know, necessarily agree with. And that mother in that life felt very much like my mom in this life, which I mean, and especially even in, in the past year, so much has come to light in my relationship with my mother and it, she's always held very tight to me. And there's been, you know, so much codependency in our relationship and, you know, were that to really be how it played out, it makes so much sense to me that she'd really want to, you know, hold tight to me in this lifetime. But yeah. And so that was, that was a short one there. Was that the order that it came in? Because for some reason, I remember that one coming. That was second. Second. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. As it turns out, should have written this down. But yeah, that was second. And then it's okay. It's just interesting yeah. because I can't remember what happened in the session I did two days ago. Yet yeah. For some reason, this session from a year ago, I can remember. It's coming. Wait, I think it's you got the, the order reversed <laughs> of those two lives. I was spending this morning going back and forth too. I was like, was it second or was it? <laughs> but yeah, it's good. It's an impressive memory that you have. Well, thank you. Yeah. yeah. I don't remember the yeah, fourth one. At least it's not ringing a bell right now. It was very tiny. I was like a little boy on a boat and all of a sudden I was oh, flashed yeah, this yeah, scene yeah. where I was dying and all of these people were, you know, around me. And at the time I thought it's significant because for a long period in this life, I think I've been, you know, such an introvert and so careful and protective of people that I let into my circle and I keep my circle very small. And it was interesting to see this lifetime with so much community and so much love from so many people around me. And I feel like that was something that like just snipped in there really quick. Is like this, hey, like saddle up and get yourself back out there and get a community of people around you again and find joy and find love. So um, I actually thought that while that was small and short, that it was actually um, very powerful. Well, thank you yeah. for sharing all that. Yeah. Thanks for guiding me through it again a little bit. Well, you're very welcome. <laughs> it was a fun one. Yeah. And yeah, I can't wait to see how it uh, manifests itself in your work of art. Oh, you're, you're so kind. I can't wait to see either. I'm getting sick of looking at it and thinking about it at this point. <laughs> the, the writer's brain. I'd like to pivot a little bit right now. Yeah. And I'd mentioned to you in an email that I would love for you to share some of your poems. Yeah. I think it'd be a cool time to do that and to also allow us to chat about it because I think it'd be really cool to just have a back and forth. Yeah, we can definitely do that. Um, so yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I wrote a little book of poetry called Ghosts and Their Flowers. And it's a it's a play on, you know, past life regression. And I think the power, well, not I think, but the power of past life love and how it, you know, transcends lifetimes. And it's it's based largely on the girl that I told you about at the beginning. Just but, a yeah. heads up to everyone. It's it's gut wrenching, but not in a in a heavy way. Yeah. I, or at least it is for me, because I guess it's since it's my world. Yeah, and just being so ingrained. I'm just like, damn, that was good. <laughs> that was really good. You're very kind. But yeah, so the book itself is split into, into three sections, which, you know, mimic the beginning, middle and end of 
you know, what ultimately ends up being a, a tragic, but not so tragic relationship because you came out a bit better and stronger. So these first few poems are from the earlier section. So the first one, it has no title and it goes like this. It took but one glance for me to know that I had loved you once before in a world I can only imagine. I don't remember the world, but I remember you. All right. And then the next one after that, it is. The sensation of your skin was novel, but the ambiance of your soul had the most familiar tactility. I have known you before. All right. <laughs> and navigate to the next one. And this one's actually my, probably my favorite poem that I've ever written. And you'll never hear me say that about anything I've ever written. I wonder how the city slept while our souls danced meeting for the first time in a long time. Yeah, that was, that one always excited me. I and love then that. the last, I mean, I love all of them. <laughs> You're kind. But yeah, no, I, I always thought it was so cool. Cause I always just get this visual of like the city and all these people sleeping. And then, you know, these two people in their, their twenties are, they're up and they're wild and dancing and having this cosmic interaction, have this physical manifestation. Yeah. I always, I always thought it was really neat. All right. And then the last one, and this one's a little bit longer, but I thought that it was, it was a good way to exemplify, you know, the themes that we talk about here. Somewhere in the sky in a place we called home, we planned our meeting here. Did we sit or fly or were we simply light beams like fireflies bouncing without constriction from air pocket to branch to flower petal, making light of dark? We spoke, I am sure, with our minds, not our mouths, a union created in telepathic harmony as we plotted calculated microevolutions in a masked macro world of contorted reality. We were old time lovers, but we met here in this world of strangers, first time friends, oblivious to the reckoning of our souls, our souls that had been waiting for this meeting oblivious to the vibration of eternity reverberating off of our heartbeats. We were infinity, we were the pieces, and we were the whole. And still, I was so surprised by the familiarity of your electricity. I moved on a conveyor belt towards you, energy moving towards light, trying to create a flame. There was no backwards, only forwards. There was no getting off. My brain was disillusioned. My, bump, my mind did the calculations that my brain could not compute. My eyes knew your light, yours knew mine too. And yet we were victims to our humanity, caught in a game that we had forgotten that we were playing, playing the parts we promised we would, swirling in karma's wreckage from lifetimes past. Our bodies were our caskets. We were buried under the dirt of our realities. My fingers were dirtied, soiled, and yours were clean. You had not figured out that we had access to a world unseen. You had not figured out that we were the world unseen. I begged you to remember what I could not seem to forget, and still you laid in your casket, dying micro deaths. Mm. So it's a mouthful, hopefully not too speedy of a mouthful. God, the brain that... Second to last line there. Mm. Can yeah. you read that last, or second to last one again? Yeah. I begged you to remember what I could not seem to forget. And still you laid in your casket, dying micro deaths. Okay. Thank you so much for sharing all that. Yeah. Thanks that for listening. That was the fun part. Oh, yeah. God, I love those. <laughs> yeah. That was the fun part. We get to talk about it. But I have a right. question. Okay. Or request. All right. Is it okay if I read them? Yeah. And then absolutely. Because when, of course, when you sent these to me initially, I read them in your voice, but then I just, I had to read them in mine yeah. too. I, I, for the first three, so many times I've read those. Like, just, <laughs> you're so kind. They really hit home. I just, yeah. I think they are so beautiful. And I don't, maybe it'll come across different the way that I interpret it. 
Yeah. And then definitely. yeah, I'd love to chat about these with you. Okay, let's do it. It took but one glance for me to know that I had loved you once before in a world. I can only imagine. I don't remember the world, but I remember you. Mm. That's good. It's it's so interesting hearing some hearing someone else read that. So I'll give you my take on it. Okay. To me, this is about that initial encounter. Mm-hmm. It's the one where you really, you have a recognition, yep. but you can't put your finger on it. Right. Yeah. You know, there's something there. What else comes up for you for that one? Um, I mean, I can tell you about the moment that influenced it. Sure. And it was, it was really just the first time I saw her, her eyes and I knew immediately, like it was, it was in a split second and I'd always been this very calm, cool, collected person and immediately like my insides had been turned upside down and I knew this was someone that I absolutely had to meet it's kind of like yeah it, it is it's, it's that moment it's that first recognition where you almost even realize that like your world is about to become an absolute roller coaster but it hasn't become that yet because you're just in that moment but yeah it's like where all logical sense goes out the window you become a total goober some, it's so strange. Somehow yeah. you're wearing your shoes on your head. <laughs> I think I probably did that a few times. Yeah. Or on your hands. I guess that would make more sense than your yeah. head. <laughs> so, what's going on here? It's true. <laughs> All right. Next one. The sensation of your skin was novel, but the ambience of your soul had the most fam- familiar test. I like that. That actually, what is that where you make the noise? Onomatopoeia. Tactility, right? Yeah, tactility. All right, let me try that one again. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The sensation of your skin was novel, but the ambience in your soul had the most familiar tactility. I have known you before. Mm -hmm. I think it goes hand in hand with the first one, but on a more physical level. Yeah, it's moved forward, right? From dance to first touch. So the vessel isn't the same, but there's a recognition of the essence. Yeah, yeah, the, the being. The, the true essence yeah that's fucking poetry right there yeah yeah it was a poetic moment of mine it's a good thing you wrote it in a poem that's true <laughs> <laughs> i wonder how the city slept while our souls danced meeting for the first time in a long time so when i first read this one for some reason i pictured it felt like the late 1800s somewhere in europe I don't know why that was the feeling I got because Mm -hmm. it was something about the lack of, of streetlights. There was something about lanterns. No, no pun intended there with your, your (laughs) but there was something about that kind of light that illuminated that scene for me. Mm -hmm. And where I saw you guys dancing was on rooftops. That's normally where we were breaking into rooftops. Really? (laughs) Yeah, but it yeah, I, in Denver, I won't I won't give away what rooftops I was on. So hopefully the statute of limitations for breaking into rooftops is over. I don't know. So good call. That was just the visual that I had while reading it was and I mean you guys were wearing, for lack of a better term, late eighteen hundreds getup. That's funny. You know, I like the, that. Kind of like the puffy you know, not not, not like the poodle skirts, but that came like sixty years later. I wish I could extract this image from your mind. Thank you. I guess I could. 
we tried hard enough. So yeah. for everyone listening, I just put my hand forward and tried. He did. He just sent it to me and all the nice. He put the dresses on rooftops. <laughs> it did. I'm totally getting it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. You're very welcome. Yeah. But that was what came forward for me was the rooftops that weren't too tall. Mm-hmm. There were a couple stories to them, but where yeah. you could see the other rooftops. And it didn't feel like the moon was full, but there was some moonlight to it as well. It's a pretty good setting. Yeah, I like that. So I love those. Those are just so powerful. Thank you. They hit the spot for me. Yeah, I'm glad that they did. They're, I'm glad that they're some of your favorites, though, because they truly are some of my favorites, too. They're so simple. But mm-hmm. I say that in the most profound way possible. Yeah, that's good. That's normally what I go for. I either have a mind that's writing in absolute overdrive or one that's just going in short and simple sentences. I can't wait to see what you come up with for your book. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> I'm excited for to get it to a point where I feel good about it. So. Just release it then. Oh, God. Right now it would you know, be almost 100,000 words that don't fit together so. so that's about what 700 pages 600 pages too many pages it is way too many pages at this point it, yeah so <laughs> it's like five it, different books so make it five different books then right i could do that you could do that yeah did i, I just save you a lot of time there yeah you did you're always yeah. saving me a lot of time i appreciate that <laughs> just make it in five books yeah <laughs> done totally with that said where can everyone find your book the one that's already out there the one that's already out there uh you can find it on amazon I think we're going to link it in the show notes, but it's called Ghosts and Their Flowers and a quick search should turn it up. I will say I write under a different name than my own. Initially, I just, I hid under my pen name for, for years, but I've just been getting myself out there more as myself. So it says it's written by LC, which is a play in my initials, which are LC. So, but it's E-L-L-E yep. space S-E-A. Yeah. It's more of a writer name than Lauren Chico Mascolo. I can't even pronounce my own last name. You know, the last name takes up the whole title of the book. I'll toast to that one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess you could always do Lauren S-E-A. I could. I could. But like, to me, Lauren, Lauren doesn't know if she writes poetry, but like Elle writes poetry. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah, I, I can see that. Like Lauren's a little bit of a neurotic Italian. You know, she likes to. I think Lauren's cool. You know? Yeah, she can be. She can be really cool. Yeah. 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 But L writes for her. Awesome. Well, thank yeah. you so much for coming on and sharing your story yeah, and sharing your poetry because it's bearing your soul. So thank you so much because yeah, I know course. that's not always the easiest thing in the world. No, it's it's not. But as I've gotten older, I don't really care so much about sharing it. I'm happy to share it. And I think if someone can connect to it, then that's a really great thing. Well, hey, yeah. good luck on your run through Switzerland. Thank you so much. I will. I'll ping you from the top of the mountain. I'll be like, oh, you found it? Yep. <laughs> found it. Still there. Looking... It looks like shit, but it's still there. <laughs> Looking at the barn. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you. Fellow time travelers, your journey through time awaits you. Just want to thank you guys so much for listening to today's episode. And if you're interested in discovering who, when, and where you have been throughout time, and you'd like to book a sesh with me, Go ahead and send me a message on Instagram at the Past Life Regressionist, or you can reach me through my website, yourpastliferegressionist.com.